is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm optimistic. I mean, I think it's Warren Buffett that says never bet against the American economy. I think that works. The markets are saying one move a year. The Fed's saying one move per quarter. That is a huge divergence. If you look at the unemployment rates that exist, especially among the youth in Europe, there is an ample supply of labor to be gotten. There is no inflation to be found. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. A little less fireworks than yesterday morning. Nevertheless, we'll give you perspective across all of economics. In this hour, finance and derivatives. Uh, Julian Emanuel will join us with UBS here uh, in a moment. Just lots to talk about and the ramifications and outcome. Lots of kitchen sinks out on Twitter yesterday. Is that is what it is suggested President Draghi uh, did. Bloomberg Surveillance. In this hour, and always brought to you by Cone Resnick, Accounting Tax Advisory. Trust Cone Resnick for the strategy, the insight your business needs to move forward. Find out what Cone Resnick thinks and sign up for insight. Do that at ConeResnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. ConeResnick.com. Julian, I have never looked more forward to speaking to you than right now. All we've done is economics, ISLM, Phillips Curve. Economics, boring. Mr. Emanuel is uh, with U.S. Equity and Derivative Strategy, UBS. How did Mr. Draghi change your world yesterday? Well, look, so he obviously he surprised the bazooka was even bigger than we expected. But, you know, and, and, and that's a backstop. No question about it. But he did draw lines. Uh, you know, there are limits to how low negative rates can actually go. Uh, but it definitely was a, a psychological boost. And I think where we are in terms of the markets and sentiment, as poor as sentiment has been since the start of the year, what we're finding is that positive surprises can tend to have an asymmetric upside reaction. And you're seeing that this morning because we had a positive Mm. surprise on television last night when we saw a very, very reasoned, positive debate on substantive issues. I'll let you link that in. We're not going to do that uh, for you. Julian, give me an update from UBS Zurich, New York, London. Give me an update on the liquidity into the weekend. The backdrop for President Draghi was real issues about simple liquidity, but also some great complexities in the Julian Emanuel world. Is it liquid out there? Is there oil in the engine? Well, what we saw... Um, the first couple months told us that liquidity was absolutely challenged, as all assets seem to correlate to one and move in lockstep. But over the last month, particularly as data has gotten better and there's the sense that, yes, there is a backstop with respect to European financials and that, in fact, the U.S. economy it could actually be doing better than very reduced expectations, liquidity is coming back. It's still challenged, but it's a gradual process. There's a question about liquidity in Europe following the ECB. If they're going to start buying lots of corporates, are we going to have a shortage of bonds to trade uh, in the corporate sector to go along with the shortage we seem to have in the government sector? It's definitely possible. I mean, those are considerations, but, you know, the the psychology of, of, of that was something that I think Draghi knew coming into yesterday, and it was a calculated effort to sort of portray it as a positive, and by all rights, uh, he seems to have succeeded. Can I ask you this? 
Uh, is the positive reaction we're seeing today based on the idea that Draghi is doing something, or is it based on mathematical calculations of the impact this will have on uh, financial markets, asset prices, uh, and feeding into the economy? Well, it, it's really both. But but if you look at it again, and, and we've been saying this for a while, you really almost had a negativity bubble in January and February. You had bad news coming out of China, volatility there. You had uh, another leg down in the oil markets that no one really was expecting. Then you had weak data globally, which turned in February. And so the reality is, is that in this type of situation, particularly when earnings are still going to be challenged on the corporate front globally, psychology is, is much more important than usual. And, you know, he's, he's doing what he feels is necessary to get psychology turned in the right direction. Did you change your strategy? And may I expand that, Julian, to say did UBS change its strategy off what we saw yesterday? Not materially, no. Um, in fact, as you saw with the reaction in the euro, you know, it's our view that what's being done is eventually going to stabilize uh, Europe and, and allow it to resume a growth trajectory um, into uh, the end of 2016 and 2017. We actually think uh, that the euro could trade modestly higher from here against the dollar. What does that mean for um, equity investments in Europe then? Well, you, you know, you, you've had this incredible divergence between uh, defensives and uh, more cyclical issues, particularly banks. And obviously, the whole story about uh, financials in Europe is going to continue to be challenged. But it really it, it provides just a, a, a more favorable backdrop. And, and again, we go back to this entire issue of psychology. If you if you're providing measures that can, in effect, dampen volatility and support liquidity, that's the kind of time-buying uh, exercise that central bankers have been undertaking essentially since 2008 that, that we think succeeds uh, and, and gives room for growth. If I make a statement, Julian, that the punch bowl was refilled yesterday, what does that mean for equity markets? Obviously, it's 17,044 on the futures opening up 142 points. Things are pretty good, saving us from correction or bear market. But how do you link a, something as historical as the punch bowl with my enthusiasm for equities? <laughs> well, there's no doubt that they do have a reasonably clear linkage and part of the market's um, anxiety has been that the Fed is the one that, that is perceived to actually be draining the punch bowl, whereas the ECB, the Bank of Japan, the People's Bank of China are, are the ones that are refilling the punch bowl. And that sort of shoving off of responsibility is something that's unnerved people. But at the end of the day, we still think the Fed is going to be very incremental and very cautious uh, about its own uh, draining activities, and, and that's an equity-supportive environment. You hear uh, both sides of uh, the argument uh, on the Fed from people in the markets. You hear them say the Fed's going to be very incremental, and then they all say, well, things are going to be terrible because the Fed may raise rates too fast. Uh, why, why, why can't people agree on what the Fed is going to do here? Is it the Fed's fault? Uh, it, it is, but, but there's a purposefulness in that. The Fed has made it very clear since the taper tantrum began in May of 2013 
that this cycle was going to be unlike any other cycle, certainly unlike uh, the 04 to 06 uh, rate hike cycle, where you went once uh, at, at every consecutive meeting, 17 meetings, and volatility was very low. This is a different time. We've never come off of the zero interest rate bound. It's never been done successfully in the history of modern finance. So the Fed needs the flexibility. But the message the Fed sent out in uh, in the January uh, minutes um, mentioning the word uncertainty 19 times, you know, very historic, yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is, is something that says to investors, mm-hmm. we are going to continue to err on the side okay. of caution. My they know key, how to fight inflation. My key word yesterday, and I haven't had the luxury of talking to your colleague, Paul Donovan, was the word horizon, which, as you know, Julian, has all sorts of mathematical and physics connotations. Mario Draghi's looking out to a horizon and then beyond it. Do I do what I do with my money knowing that Mario Draghi can't even see the horizon X number of years out? Can I have a newer confidence off of yesterday? Uh, it is it is something that's going to take time, Tom, and and that, that's part of this entire equation. Central bankers consistently since 2008 have been buying time for investor psychology to improve for economic fundamentals to improve. And what we're finding in a post-debt crisis environment is that it's a very difficult, drawn-out uh, process. But, is, but it is going to succeed. No, this is great. Julian Emanuel, this will come back and talk about specifics of the market as well. Mike, I love how we're, we're looking at economics, and then you've got a guy like uh, Mr. Emanuel looking at it much more over towards what I'll call applied investment. Right, like, what do you actually do? Yeah. What do you actually do? With all the international economics we saw uh, yesterday, I, I again, folks, Catherine Mann this morning was blistering in her support of uh, Mr. Draghi. She meant no words about it that that this was done with intellectual courage and with a real conviction of where he wants Europe to be. Almost, Mike is a surrogate fiscal authority. Well, that's uh, that is true. That's one of the criticisms of central banks these days. Is yeah, have they gone too far in that direction? No, there's no question about that. Let's go to a data check here on a Friday. Green on the screen, up 19. Dow futures up 147, two percent in view, 1.95 percent up two basis points, and the euro uh, a little bit of a bid in the last 20 minutes, 111. 02 yen 113.81 euro yen 126 uh 126.35 off the bloomberg Time to check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Mourners will say their final goodbyes today to Nancy Reagan. The former first lady will be buried today next to her husband, who she adoringly called My Ronnie at the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. About a 1,000 guests have been invited to today's funeral, including former President George W. Bush. Reagan's two children will give remarks, along with former NBC News anchor Tom Brokaw and James Baker, who was with the Reagan administration. Donald Trump says he has picked up the endorsement of former rival Ben Carson. Trump made the announcement during last night's Republican presidential debate in Miami. The weekend strike deadline is approaching for more than 4,000 New Jersey transit rail workers. 
New Jersey Transit Special Counsel says key issues such as wages and health care remain in play. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thanks so much. Julian Emanuel with us with UBS as we look at the effect of yesterday's announcements by Mr. Draghi. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch's Global Cash Management Solutions, helping you manage, protect, and invest your global cash wherever the road to growth leads. That's the power of Global Connections. Bank of America, North America, member FDIC.